Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place where we talk about no BS online marketing strategies and tips. In today's episode, Mark and I sat down and talked about our updated version of the Authority website model for 2016. Authority websites are what Mark and I do for a living. The model is still very much a work in progress, but we already are making a fairly decent six-figure amount a year in dollars and make a living running our websites right now doing a mixture of advertising, affiliate marketing, and information product selling. And the main point of the discussion today are, well, the first is the main difference between niche and authority sites and how they are different in the way you're going to be running them. The next one is the best niches that you can pick for your authority sites and the niches that tend to work better if you're thinking of starting one. Then we're going to talk about the ways to get traffic and how we monetize the traffic. And finally, we'll jump into the pros and cons of running sites and what we learn you know, running authority sites for now a little bit over three years. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Have fun. All right. So today I have Mark with me. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. Cool. The first thing that we need to go over for this topic is explain to people what an authority site actually is, because it's a pretty broad definition thing. And a lot of people use it for a lot of different things, actually. So for us, what is it? Okay, so you're right in saying that it is a very broad definition and it will mean different things to, to different people. From my perspective is it's essentially a website which is intended to make money, so it's like a commercial venture, by selling products or affiliate or through generating money through affiliate income. Now, the, the key thing though is that the use of content and the, particularly the use of like really good content to establish yourself, either you as the individual or you as the brand, as sort of like a, a knowledge leader in whatever niche it is you're in or whatever industry it is you're in. So you're, you're sort of consciously trying to provide value to earn the trust of your readers, not just like sell, sell them something and then uh, you know forget about them kind of thing, but you're trying to build more of like a long-term relationship, get into emailing these people, you know, build a list and through providing value, building trust and building that relationship, it then makes it easier to either sell your own products, recommend other people's products, etc. That that's like the short version. Yeah, I think the earning trust also it can be like over a single piece of content or via email, right? So like, you know, for example, we do a lot of like product reviews, for example, for affiliate marketing. And the trust is earned because the review is so good usually and people just buy at the end. Well, yeah, and it also, when you're writing a review, for example, it also refers to other parts of the site so they can see it's not just someone yeah, sticking yeah. up a few reviews about a product and like hoping to rank for the keyword. It's like someone who knows what they're talking about and there's like other information on the site and uh, and whatnot. Yeah, I think this is a, a good intro to basically explain the difference that this has like this kind of site has between you know authority sites and niche sites and i think you know they usually start kind of the same anyway it's like well a big site with a lot of content starts with one piece of content and i don't think it's worth you know waiting to have hundreds of pieces of content to actually release your site you can definitely release 
with very, very little content. And we did that for all our sites, and it was okay. But the authority site, like, you know, the niche site is definitely here to rank for commercial keywords. So, like, you know, best... Best, best microphone, users. yeah, best microphone for podcasts or something. And I'm just gonna try to rank just for that, and then it's gonna list a bunch of products and hope people click through and never come back. It never builds a relationship. Whereas a niche site, whereas an authority site, rather, you know, is definitely want to do the sell, make the sell, and and compete for these keywords as well. And they actually have better chances of ranking, but they also, you know, place a lot of empathy on like getting people coming back and you want to sell something to them but you want to keep selling something to them yeah you know again and again and again over time and it's way more branded because that's of that. the key difference yeah um, um, so that's really the main difference essentially a niche you know you build like 20 pages 30 pages 50 pages maybe and you stop working on it and you kind of like do something else it's very passive well these authority says you can keep producing content and keep growing the monthly income which is not so common for the niche sites you know so that's basically the main difference, I would say. Yeah, I think as well, and this doesn't have to be the case, but they can be a bit more, a bit broader in scope. Yeah. So, like when I look at our own ones, I look at health ambition. That is okay. It's it's not just health, but it's like more nutrition based health. But that's still a very broad topic. You know, if we were doing a, a niche site, we would focus on like one specific area of of health, like you know. Yeah making smoothies or something i mean the thing is like you treat your site like a, a hub of websites so like back in the day people would create like a different website with an exact match domain for each of them to try to rank higher for their keywords well now it's it's really more about domain authority in terms of seo so you're better off just having like one big broad site and then just creating many categories that expand your brand so other than starting a new site you just create a new category on your big authority site you know yeah exactly it's just like you get more results and you don't need to rebuild the domain authority every time and so on. And, and you know, it's like on many on our sites now, we just press publish and a couple of days later, we're just ranking in Google. We haven't done any link building, haven't done anything. Just because we have done that before, then now all it takes is to, is to publish basically. And that's really a good place to be at actually. Yeah. And it also allows certain tactics like the skyscraper model and whatnot. Okay, yes, you can use that in the niche sites to an extent, but it's kind of like it becomes like an intrinsic part of an authority site. You have these high value articles, which aren't necessarily being monet- like super monetized, but can yeah. you know attract a lot of links. Yeah, plus it's like because you're building, it, may, it makes may way more sense to invest a lot more in this thing building because, well, you know that every single category in the future is going to benefit from that, you know? Yeah, a key thing as well with regards to link building is we would never do any kind of like gray hat PBN stuff no, to, to our authority sites just because they do they can take a bit of time to get going sometimes depending on you know the niche and how you sort of focus on it. But you know we want these to be running for twenty years. You know, not like we're not trying to cash out in the next eighteen months before the next Google update. So that's a big thing as well. I feel that like from the creator's point of view, from our point of view, when we're making building a new authority site, it's like it's just a little like a different mindset that you need to approach it. So we're not quite as much just trying to make as much money off of people initially as possible. Although you definitely can push the sale and sell hard and whatnot. I feel that we're also trying, you know, really deliver valuable stuff and not just fluffy valuable stuff but genuine good content which will make a difference and help people in whatever goal or or area it is we're talking about and i think that 
just by doing that, that is like the process of helping us to establish like a proper brand behind what it is we're doing. Yeah. I mean, if people are listening to this podcast, they know what we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> because that's kind of within that within that concept. It's like, yeah, we sell stuff on Atari Hacker, but hey, you don't have to pay anything to consume this podcast. And it hopefully can help you whether you're a customer or not, you know. Now let's talk about niches for Atari sites, because like so many people get, get stuck, you know, they want to do that stuff, they like the idea. They're like, oh my God, every niche is taken, it's so competitive, I cannot get into anything. And so on. So, like, how do I pick a good niche for this kind of site? Okay, so we'll go into like some actual specific niches that you can choose in, in a second. But like, let's just get the theory because I agree. This is like one of the most popular questions. It's like to anyone in internet marketing, not just starting a, an yeah. authority site, but what niche should I should I go for? My experience of this is like when I first started, I wanted to find a niche that nobody was doing. Yeah. And uh, because I thought, you know, like that's the way to go, like discover something new and you won't have any competition. You can make some money off of. And so actually the first ever website I created, was I wouldn't even call it an authority site. It was an affiliate site, just had a bunch of like mini reviews on it, weren't very good. But it was about these, I don't know if you remember these netbooks, these EPCs. <laughs> they were like way before MacBook Airs or anything. It's like okay. 2000 and. Uh, I don't know, 2008, something like that, 2007 even. I made a site about these and nobody else was doing it. They were brand new out, so I thought, great. But like, turns out they were never that popular and that's probably why you never heard of them. They were made by Asus, I think it was, but I guess they never really took off that much. But there is like the wrong way to approach it. The right way to approach it is you should look for competition. If there's no competition, you should be worried. Because why is there no competition? Well, chances are someone's tried it and they didn't make any money off of it. So there's there's nothing really out there. So actually looking for industries, niches where there is lots of competition and you can see people creating their own products, promoting other people. There's lots of affiliate products, that, that kind of stuff. There's like a kind of like a gravity around it. There's just Not way more money in general, I think. Yeah then that's a good indicator that you should go for that kind of niche. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to go, okay, I'm going to start a health site or I'm going to start a site about how to make money online. There's loads of sites out there that, that do that. And you absolutely can you know, get into that industry, but the way to do it would be to focus on like a specific area of that or come at it from like a different angle. So you know, or maybe... Having an amazing branding, I would say. Yeah, or a mixture of all three. So... In general, like when I come into something, I'm, I'm looking for a way in which I can add value to that that niche. So whether that's some kind of new insight or new idea, which is unlikely to be honest, because unless you're you have like specific expertise in a certain area, which is you know happens sometimes, but generally, like when we got into health, I didn't really know too much about it. So I mean, that's like a, a, an idea, but rather. What we did was arrange content in a different way, or at least that was that was the, the theory behind it. So what I mean by that is that rather than, okay, we'll find a keyword and just write a random 500-word article about it. It's like, okay, so we want to make this site about actually getting people to take action on it because people read a lot about health and it you know makes them feel happy, great, but they never actually do the things which 
which make the difference in their lives. So we're like, okay, let's start a site where it's more kind of, it's health, but it's like, there's a bit of productivity and getting things done angle in there as well. So it's, I'm sure other people have done that as well, but it's, it's kind of like a slightly different angle in an established niche that can make a big difference to it when you're selecting a niche. And yeah, as you said, when there's stuff to sell, you want to make sure there are products to promote because that's probably the biggest indicator of a, of a niche you can choose. Yeah, I would say as well, like these quote-unquote competitive niche, like they're not that hard in SEO anymore. I mean, I don't know if it got better or, or, or if things got worse, but it's since, you know, the crazy spamming, backlink stuff doesn't work anymore since Penguin. I mean, it's not that difficult to actually show up for pretty interesting keywords in, in even the most competitive niches such as like weight loss and all that stuff, you know? I yeah, mean, like, if you focus on, like if you find a keyword or a cluster of keywords that you, you're interested in ranking for, you know, just look at what the top sites are doing and write something better than that. Yeah, I mean like the perfect example I think is actually Authority Hacker. It's like literally the site was like a year old and I wrote this massive post on like how 23 bloggers make money blogging and I optimize it for how to make money blogging and without any link building it's like number two also on Google for how to make money blogging which is like one of the most competitive keywords in the industry now it's a really good piece of content but like you know when when I wrote that piece it was like we were domain, less than domain authority 30 you know we were like not very strong and yeah it ranked within like three weeks I think and got us a lot of uh, email subscribers. Actually, if you're listening to that podcast, you might be coming from from this blog post. So that that's a good example of how it's not that competitive anymore. Actually, anyone in their garage can compete for some very competitive keywords now. Yeah, uh, the caveat being you have to actually write some pretty damn good content on you know yeah, the yeah. keywords you're, you're targeting. Like these big sites, sure they can just churn out. 1500 word articles about a generic that are quite generic and they'll they'll do all right because they have the domain authority but you know in that case you wrote something which was pretty epic yeah you know better like than everyone really else it, and it worked you know <laughs> if you really want it you can get any keyword you know that's all i'm saying actually okay about the niches so what you say is something that uh, where you can add value and where you can arrange the content slightly differently it's not very practical like okay what niches are good Okay, so the way I would generally think of it is think of the the customer or the user at the end of the day and like what motivates them to buy stuff. And generally people are motivated by their emotions. Okay, you know, like every couple years people need to buy a new smartphone for example, but in this day and age it's not really that much of an emotional decision. It's people are much more, you know, it's like a necessity almost, you know. Where emotional things are, people can be a little bit more irrational about them. So, and they affect their lives in very strong ways. So, things like losing weight, fixing some kind of problem, making money, something to do with kids or pets, like all of these, these areas are very, very emotional. And people will go a lot further than they would, you know, if they needed to buy a new, a new kitchen table or something. They would go a lot further with the emotional areas. Uh, that I just mentioned in order to a- achieve whatever it is they're, they're looking to achieve. So, you know, like weight loss is a really good example. It's one of the most popular niches as well. And I can, I can tell you that, you know, people really want to lose weight. Like a lot of, it's a huge problem, especially in the US right now. You know, there's, I think something like 60% of the population is overweight or some crazy figure like that. So, yeah, I mean, 
people want to be thin, people want to lose weight. So that's a perfect example. You know, Mark's talking about like losing weight and making money and all that stuff. These are, you know, big emotional needs, etc. I think I think they are big and you know, another one I see we have on the notes here is like pets and stuff. Because people just, just care about their pets as much as they care about their kids. And so you can sell stuff to people. But the problem is if I walk to you and say, Hey, I have a weight loss product, you'll be like, eh. Like you're more thinking of like probably a 50 years old woman that has had three kids and is trying to lose weight and you won't be interested. However, if I walk up to you and I say, Hey, I have a weight loss thing for, you know, people that are between 30 and 35 and had a lot of fun in their twenties and now want to be healthy. Now you're going to feel more interested. I'm talking in the case of Mark in that case. And the reason why is because you feel like you identify more and you need to like niche it down a little bit. And that's one thing that you need to do with your sites is like there's the broad niche that you can pick, but then you can pick a definite angle to it while allowing you to still cover most topics in your niche. So for example, Authority Hacker is a good example of that. It's like Authority Hacker is basically online marketing. It's making money online. But we have a business model that we follow that we're talking about in this podcast that we kind of like, you know, we take everything in online marketing and we put it through that scope of that angle and that business model. And we talk about it in these terms. So when we talk about affiliate marketing, you know, we're not talking about making a random PPC campaign to an offer and trying to buy some kind of like banner traffic, etc. That's not what we do. What we do is like, you know, we create value and then we attract traffic and we attract links. Then we sometimes boost it with paid, but we don't buy a lot of paid traffic directly and so on. And then because people recognize that model and they like it, that's what makes them follow Authority Hacker above Quicksprout or Search Engine Journal or any of these big sites or mods in for that case, which are much bigger sites with much more content. And this angle is essentially building that kind of audience around you. It makes it much easier to build an audience. And then, then you can use the emotional stuff, et cetera, to sell stuff to them. So I think it's quite important to talk about the angling, actually. Yeah, and I think it's also important to sort of think about how you break down a, a big topic. Like, uh, let's take pets, for example, because it's probably quite easy one to kind of figure out. So within pets, you have obviously different kinds of pets. So maybe you, you look at dogs. So you could potentially start a site for, for dogs. That's pretty broad, could work. But you can actually break that down much further and in many different ways, not just by different breeds. So, I mean, you could start a, a site about, I don't know, West Highland Terriers, for example. That would probably do all right. Or you could focus like across all kinds of dogs, but like certain aspects of it. So maybe like dog training or dog products or i've even seen one where like dog jackets these are different ways that you can approach a, a niche and what we essentially did that with authority hacker as well you know make money online it's so broad yeah it's so broad we're doing okay use this model that we've we didn't create the model that we've sort of like defined in this way we kind of um, put it together from different pieces you know yeah yeah and yeah it, it's a much much easier way to to break down like a complex complex niche complex area and actually start providing some information which is consistent and will attract like a, a specific audience yeah i think a good example of that is like bullymake.com which is a company that sells toys for like heavy chewing dogs who destroy toys so they make like super strong chewing toys for for dogs 
And they just do for these breeds and they, and they just have a blog and they promote it on Facebook. And this is actually just a guy in his garage that started that. And now the company is like well into five figures a month just because he just, he angled it. And it was very easy for him to then target people that like these specific breeds of dogs on Facebook. And yeah, he makes really good money actually. So yeah, people love their dogs though. They spend a lot of money on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why the niche is, it's like basically take something emotional, something that has a lot of competition but then take an angle that makes you unique and kind of kills all of the competition because a certain segment of the population is going to identify more with your vision of things, you know? I think that's basically it, no? The, the other thing is, uh, I would just say, like, tech, tech stuff in general. I mean, there are certain certain small areas within tech, which is good, but tech in general is is not good because what I find is there's a lot of people out there providing free information about iPhone reviews and various other things. And they're a lot really of, good usually. It's a lot of really big sites. Yeah. And uh, anything to do with gaming as well. People provide free content on most of this. So if you're looking for a World of Warcraft leveling guide, if you start a site around that, I don't think it's a very good one because I, I don't play the game, but I'm sure there's loads of information on forums and people do this, provide this stuff for free. So... To that extent, you might think of targeting something which there's not so many internet savvy people in the the area, like something that older people might be interested in, like gardening or uh, home crafts or that kind of stuff as well. And you might find that you get more success with those kind of niches. Yeah, another thing as well is, I mean, one way we monetize as well is like advertising and sponsorship. And in tech and gaming, most people run adblock, which completely destroys your advertising revenue. So yeah, it's it's another reason not to go for that. But basically, I think the two kinds of niches you should go for is like lifestyle or passion. So like any kind of sports, any kind of activity, outdoor activities like hunting and fishing, sports like, I don't know, like cricket and I don't know. Tennis. Curling or whatever. It, it works. And passions as well. So like any craft, like if you like doing like pottery or if you like doing sculpture. So that kind of stuff works really well. And usually the sites in these niches are absolutely terrible. So it's very easy to come in and not even be amazing at creating websites, but still have something 10 times better than what's out there. And there's very little free content as well about these things online. You you find like whole scale, all that kind of stuff. There's nothing online. So the internet is waiting to be built. And if you build it first, you can do pretty well. And what's interesting with passion and hobbies is it's actually very easy to target people with Facebook ads. So if you want to build an audience quickly, it's it's pretty cool, actually. Now, if we talk about how we get traffic, well, we actually get traffic in different ways. A lot of people ask us. We come from an SEO background. So we create a content that ranks for certain keywords. And because we build domain authority now, and, you know, we know how to build links. We, we have been getting quite a bit of traffic from SEO on our sites. I would say like on health submission, that's like over 80%. And on, on Authority Hacker, it's over 50% now, actually. So it's quite a lot. But it's quite important to actually not just rely on SEO for your traffic. And most importantly, when you do SEO properly, you're going to be generating other kinds of traffic, such as social. For example, when people subscribe to our email list, we invite them to join a bunch of social profiles. We have like YouTube channel for Authority Hacker, iTunes here as well, our Facebook page, etc. 
And so, well, you should be kind of posting regularly. I'm not doing it right now on Authority Hacker, but we do it on House Ambition quite a lot. And, and kind of like driving traffic back and also building relationships. I know we do a lot of Pinterest on House Ambition, for example. And so by building, you should definitely focus on one source of traffic initially because it's impossible to build everything at once. For us, it's SEO because we're good at it. If you're good at social media, focus on social media. But then, then kind of like build up the other ones using the strengths of the first one. So because we have the SEO traffic, we just get people to follow us on social media. Then we update, then they share, then we get so traffic on social, etc. And as we do our link building, we get quite a bit of traffic from referral as well, from guest posts, from people linking to us, etc. So that's basically how we get traffic. We use a little bit of Facebook traffic as well, Facebook paid traffic. And we use that mostly for retargeting, actually. So if you visit the website, but you didn't opt in, for example, we're going to follow you for... I think like 60 days or something to offer you the download. If you download it but didn't buy like the offer that we made just after the download, we might follow you with that, etc. So we use paid traffic, but more like what is closer to monetization, not what, not to just generate cold traffic at this point. So that's basically how we get traffic. I know a lot of people ask us that. Do you want to talk about the ways we can monetize the size? Yeah, so I think there's four kind of broad ways. I mean, there's an infinite number of ways you can monetize, but the four main ways I say are like, first one is like advertising and sponsorship. So advertising is kind of like running Google AdSense. Buy sell ads is another one we use in Health Ambition. They're kind of like monetizing space on your page to have banners and stuff. And this, while it's good and it's sort of somewhat predictable and it's very easy to set up. And also, you can actually monetize content, you know, if, that wouldn't otherwise be monetizable by by products and stuff. So it has its place. I wouldn't necessarily rely on this as a as like a primary source of income. It's more kind of a secondary secondary source, but certainly one you should start playing around with from day one. I mean, it depends. If you create really viral content, it can be pretty good. I know um, John from FastTaxBlog.com. He he mostly just creates like these kind of BuzzFeed type posts. Yeah, just does advertising, but like if you if you're Buzzfeed, if you're Buzzfeed, you'll make a fortune off of advertising like this. But the average person starting an authority site, you're not going to have millions of visitors a week or anything, at least not initially. So it can be all right, and you you can really make a decent income from it fairly easily. But it's thing do focus on other options as well. Another thing which kind of comes under advertising, like sponsorship, so. It's something we're actually thinking about for this podcast. Like, should we accept like a sponsor? Is it like some company in the IM niche would like pay us to, you know, they will feature their brand or their message, or whatever, at the start or the end of podcast. It happens quite a lot with podcasting specifically and other sort of Twitch live streamers do it a lot and this kind of thing. All native ads, like, like an article that is sponsored by a brand, but to look like a blog post, you know. Yeah, be a little bit careful with those because you've got to be careful. A lot of people will say that they're doing that, but actually all they're doing is trying to buy links from you. So Yeah, you um, no-follow the links when you say that. Yeah, no-follow those links. So the next one would be affiliate marketing. This is probably the thing you should consider first, actually, when you're choosing your niche. And it's, I mean, affiliate marketing is when you link to someone else's product and you track it usually by a cookie on their computer and you get paid a commission for everything they buy or you know for every product they buy within x amount of time i mean there's 
millions of websites uh, offer affiliate programs. The biggest one is probably Amazon. We use that a lot on, on Health Ambition where we're talking about, I don't know, some kind of like organic chocolate, say, and then you, you we could link to page on Amazon, one of the products on Amazon, and if people buy it within, I think, 24 hours is the, the cookie time for Amazon, which is quite really quite low, actually. Then we get, it varies, but something around, was it like 6 or 7 or 8%? Yeah, around 7, 7, 7 yeah. and a half, I think. Which, when you have a lot of traffic and these links on a lot of pages, it really can mount up quite a lot, especially before Christmas. You get but, paid for everything they buy for during that time as well. So a lot of yeah. the money we make is from stuff that actually we didn't link to, you know? Yeah. A lot of our affiliate income, though, comes from recommending information products. And there's various sort of networks where product sellers and affiliates kind of like meet and interact. ClickBank is probably the most famous one. And you actually wrote a pretty detailed post about how to make money with ClickBank, if I remember. So maybe link to that in the, the show notes. But that's an obvious place to start. You can search their marketplace, figure out which information products in your category, in your niche are selling the best or have the most other people selling them. And then you can really quickly create a link, a special link with a code in it and use that to link on your site or in your, your emails to to link to yeah. the I site. Just and- to say, I just want to say one thing about Amazon. One thing that's cool about Amazon is like, especially when you talk about health, but even when you do any kind of tutorial, it's very easy for us to like make a list post, like five healthy or natural remedies for headaches or something like that. And then, yeah. you know, we'll mention some random stuff at some point. We'll mention some random supplement or oil that people can use. And it's very easy to just link to it casually. It doesn't feel like it's monetized even. It's just like linking to it. Yeah, or if you're making a recipe as well, you could like yeah. your list of ingredients good for that. But with ClickBank, the affiliate products or the products on there, they're all information products like ebooks and courses and this kind of stuff. Actually, and they tend more, to actually actually they start selling physical stuff now. Oh, okay, I didn't realize. But they tend to be much higher value, and you can earn much higher percentage commission, usually up to like seventy five percent, sometimes even more. And they have all sorts of like smart upsells and that. So certain products you can earn like seventy, eighty dollars if yeah. people buy them and take the upsells like quite consistently. So and even over a hundred bucks, it's like with all the upsells, it's quite frequent that we make a hundred and twenty bucks for a sale or something. And it takes a lot. You really have to shift a lot of products on Amazon to to sell that. So there's definitely much more opportunity with like sort of info products, and this this also applies in like in, with Authority Hacker to software products. They tend to have their own affiliate programs. These software mm-hmm. companies. So like Ahrefs is a big one that we we have a review of that up. I think, and we refer people to that. We have like a video of how to use. Is it Ahrefs? Am I? That's yeah. the one we have, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, have four videos, actually. There's over an hour of video training on it. Yeah, so Gail, Gail made an hour of video on how to use it and like how to do specific techniques that will... What does it do? <laughs> it's just like to analyze the backlinks, find link opportunities. Yeah, no, I know. What, what, do, what are your videos? Like, how oh, do they... It literally teaches people how to build backlinks how... with Ahrefs. It's like, I basically... Take... Okay, so they, they to, can... I, more... I wanted to say about that, actually. These higher ticket items... It's way harder to sell than Amazon products. So you get paid more, but it's, it's much harder. It's more like you need to, to take the product and you need to brainstorm what it does for people and why people buy it. So for example, in the case of HRS, people don't buy HRS because they want to see the links. They buy HRS because they want to build links themselves. They want to rank higher on Google. So you need to take the product and you need to make kind of a, 
you need to brainstorm what it does for people. In that case, rank high on Google. Then you need to create content that is related to that problem and present the product as a solution. That's how you sell, essentially. Yeah, uh, and there's various ways you can do that, but just consider, as Gail said, like how to how to add value to it. Another popular thing I've seen is like if there's a not a software tool, but like a a course, like how to make money online kind of thing that someone's recommending. They'll do like a kind of like walkthrough. So like the the affiliate and his his users or his people he's recommending will all go through the course at the same time and they'll like share tips in Facebook groups and so there's lots of lots of stuff like that you can do. But yeah, that's affiliate marketing. I mean that's just we're getting a bit deep into that. Affiliate marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so the evolution of affiliate marketing is creating your own products. So it's basically the same stuff. So rather than selling other people's ebooks or software, you create your own and sell sell that. Generally, it's best to be an affiliate first and you get a much bigger idea of what works, what doesn't work, and you also build your audience and, and that and then release your own product. I mean, most so, importantly, if you can sell, like, I mean, most of the time you'll find a, a product as an affiliate, you'll promote it as an affiliate, you will build everything to sell this product. And all you have to do is swap the affiliate offer with your own offer and like double the money you make or something, you know? Yeah, although you do have to be careful because a lot of these people with affiliate products have optimized their sales pages over time and and like really they know their their stuff. So we found for example switching to our own products was like a big decrease in sales, but we know why. I mean there's issues with our funnel with like the sales page design and and all that stuff. So sorry the uh, checkout cart uh, design and stuff like that. So yeah, just be cautious of that. But it's kind of like a step after affiliate marketing, it, for most people at least. The final one as well is uh, like e-commerce, so like physical products, and you know that could be anything from these dog chews, which you mentioned, to your own kind of chocolate, or really it can be almost anything. It's not something I have too much experience doing myself, and it can be a bit more tricky to set up. But there's a lot of really cool. Companies out there like Amazon, for example, yeah. offer this like fulfillment service where you can like ship a bunch of products from the supplier to Amazon. Amazon will package it for you and sell it to your customers. And obviously, they they charge you for the privilege. It's cheap, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's quite easy in this day and age to start selling st- stuff online. You need to find a supplier though, which is probably probably the most tricky part. Yeah, I mean, the real ninja trick with the with the e-commerce is to start as an Amazon affiliate kind of like start shipping a lot of the same products. So say you want to sell, I don't know, like dog shirts, for example. Then you're going to do your SEO. You're going to find like whatever people search to buy dog shirts. And then you're going to be producing all that content and you're going to just affiliate it on Amazon. You're going to sell someone else's product on Amazon, take your 7% and be happy with it for a while. But then you're going to look at your reports. And when you start selling like 20 or 50 a month of a product, You can literally buy the stock yourself, like find someone in China on Alibaba or something, and then have it shipped to Amazon. And then instead of linking to that other person's listing on Amazon, you list to your own listing inside your content. You already have the sales sales ready. You don't even need Amazon to make your sales. Your website is making your sales. And then as you make sales on Amazon, because you're directing traffic to it, well, first of all, you take way more money. You're talking like 50% instead of 7% or something. And most importantly, you can get reviews and stuff and eventually rank organically on Amazon and generate even more sales. That's the real ninja trick with uh, e-commerce and authority sites. 
which is somewhere we want to get eventually. We haven't done that yet. I know some people doing it and they're doing very well. Are we done with monetization? Yep. Okay, cool. Let's talk about the pros and cons of authority sites. I'm sure a lot of people, after we talk about monetization, are getting really excited and they're like, oh my God, why am I not doing this? Why is nobody talking about this? This is amazing. Well, there's a lot of pros and I'm going to talk about these, uh, but I'm going to talk about the cons first. And the cons is, well, it takes a lot of time to get going. I mean, especially if you do it the way we do, mostly with SEO, then SEO itself, if you buy a fresh domain for the first six to eight months, you don't get a lot of action usually, no matter how much content you do, how much ring building you do, etc. It is pretty slow. So you need to, to, to have your time. And both of the main sites we work on now are turning, I mean, Atari Hacker is going to turn two years old in six months, actually. And half the mission is like, is going to turn like three or four years old. So it's great from where we're at. But in your first six months, don't expect to get a lot of action. There is a lot of other ways to build an audience, but it's going to cost you money usually. So that's basically it. And the other thing is, well, if you were dreaming to just sit on the beach after six months and do nothing, you're going to be disappointed. It's actually quite a bit of work to run these sites. So it's something that you need to to be conscious of. It's like, yeah, you can live from it. You can live very well from it. But for the first few years, at least, it's going to be more of a job replacement than a quit your job and do nothing thing. So, and you're going to have to figure a lot of stuff out, like creating quality content and so on. So it's, it's pretty difficult. On the other hand, there is quite a few pros as well. The, the first pro is, well, it's long-term. So like what I really like is like, for example, like we just come back from a break now from the Christmas break when we're recording this. And the truth is we haven't worked on our sites so much for the past, like, two weeks or something and I actually did the numbers we're like actually today is the 31st of December 2015 actually and this morning I did the numbers for the sites and actually in the case of Authority Hacker that was actually one of the best months we had except when we did a launch essentially and that was despite the fact that we took a break that was basically half the month and we actually didn't even post on the blog this month or didn't do anything so it is one thing that's great is like, yeah, it's long to get going, but there's that kind of inertia that makes your sites keep going for a long time, even if you do nothing on them. And that's pretty cool. Another pro is you can get started with basically no budget, provided you have time and talent. Basically, to be successful, you need, one of, you need two out of three things. You need two out of time, talent, and money. So if you have no money, you can just do well with time and talent money but no time you can do okay by hiring people and spending your money and finding the talent essentially and that's basically it so you can start with basically no money and finally it's pretty stable as i said i don't think like it would be very easy to for us to actually completely tank the revenue and like many other kinds of business like even though we rely on seo because of the fact that we do everything white hat i mean i don't see why things would change you know so do you have any other pros and cons mark no, just to reiterate that, it feels to me at least much more like establishing a proper business. And it's like, it's a real asset that other people will value. It's sellable. It's like something solid. I feel with a lot of these kind of thin affiliate sites that they could kind of fall apart at any moment. Whereas an authority site feels much more, much more stable, as you said. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like um, it's like a brand. It's like even if we got the index from Google, I think people would still read our sites, you know, and link to it, etc. So uh, it would really suck if if we got the index. Yeah. From <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but and definitely have to make some drastic changes. But first of all, there's no reason for this to happen because uh, we haven't done anything for it. And second of all, yeah, we we could probably still figure it out. Cool. Let's just jump on. Like basically, Mark and I. Let's just put some context around that. Mark and I have been running these sites for, I mean, how old is Health Ambition now? Health Ambition is turning three years old. That's our oldest authority site. And we had no idea what we were doing when we started. But throughout doing this and building up like five figures amongst businesses, we've learned quite a few things. The first one is that stacking business models is what makes a site do well. So if you just try to make money with Amazon or just try to make money with AdSense or just try to make money with ClickBank, chances, you know, you will make some money and you can make several thousand dollars a month, but getting to like a good five figure amount is going to be quite difficult. However, if you build that site and then you, you try to run in parallel a little bit of advertising on the articles that are not necessarily monetizable, you run a bit of affiliate marketing here and there, like a light affiliate marketing, I'll call it with Amazon then you are running a bit of info product marketing via email marketing. Then you promote some e-commerce stuff, etc. If you add these things up on top of each other, it's actually much easier to get to a pretty decent income rather than like trying to focus on one. So it's really about running this in parallel. The second one is branding is super important. I mean, it's like something that we didn't realize initially. I mean, we always wanted to have sites that look clean and so on. And trust me, when you run quite a bit of advertising, it's hard to keep your site clean. It's like even now has ambition, I think we could do a little bit better. Branding is, once you start getting some traffic, is what's going to determine the rate at which people share and link to you, which essentially determines your passive growth, the growth that happens when you don't do anything, which which does happen, but, but your branding is going to decide how fast this happens. Another thing that we've learned is when you start, you're very afraid to sell to the audience. You're like, oh my God, I need to give them free stuff, free stuff, free stuff, free stuff. And the truth is I was a lot like that with Atari Hacker initially, a little bit less so right now, but it's true. And, and what we've learned is you can get away with selling way more than you can. And if people get pissed off essentially at you selling, well, tell them that they got all this amazing free stuff without like spending a dollar. And most of the time they would actually have to pay to get similar stuff or to get to get that kind of value so it's okay and we've gone away with like selling a lot without providing value sometimes and then go back to providing value it's okay another one that we learn another point is keep it simple and execute fast so it's something that mark and i are pretty bad at in, in general it's like there are simple business models that you can take and replicate so for example if you do Let's say you do these best X for Y articles, like we call them, like let's say best microphone for podcasting. Well, you could literally find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of keywords around that. And once you have something that works, just like scale it up rather than trying to complexify everything. And once you have it scaled up and automated, then start complexifying stuff. Complexifying is not word, just like to put all that right, out. All right. <laughs> well, I think that illustrates the, the purpose though, you know? Sure. Did you have any other points? Okay. Yeah, focus on making money. 
that sounds pretty obvious, but I read this book called The Goal in University, and it was about how so many businesses, like proper bricks and mortar businesses, they uh, spend a lot of time doing stuff which doesn't really make them money, and they lose track of that. So your goal, remember, is not to have lots of traffic. Your goal is not to have lots of emails on your list. Your goal is not to look cool and have lots of people liking you on Facebook and saying how awesome you are. Those things are all good to have. Don't get me wrong. But your goal is to make money. And that, at the end of the day, as a business, that's all that matters. So everything you do needs to be with that in mind. Now, that's not to say that you should just don't worry about traffic or don't worry about making people happy or or anything because all these other things contribute to you making money. But those things alone should not be the goal. So don't spend, and this is something we did, we spent the first six months of Health Ambition trying to grow traffic. Didn't even spend one second trying to make any money off of it. We're like, we'll figure that out later. Don't do that. You should be figuring out how to make money off of it before you even launch the site. So that's one thing. And you need to write this down on a, like a post-it note, stick it on the side of your monitor. It's like, what is the goal? Write that down. And every time you look at it, think, am I doing stuff which is going to help me make money? And if you find you're spending too much time on stuff, answering comments or doing stuff which isn't helping directly, and there's other more important things which will help you to make money, then do those instead and come back to the other stuff later. Which is kind of just like a extension of the point, like don't try and do everything and keep it simple. But the simple stuff should be, you know, the, the money making making bits. So yeah, that's pretty much it. The other thing which kind of overlaps with this actually is like don't try and do everything at once. So when you're running these kind of a sites, if you're an Authority Hacker Pro membership member, you can go in and find like all these different blueprints of things to do. That which will get you more emails, get you more traffic, uh, get you more sales. Fact is, it takes a long time to implement all of these. So you know, just focus on doing a few things and do them well and get them done. It's much better to have a few things done and implemented rather than a lot of things half finished. That'll serve you much better in the long run, I think. Yep. Anything else we need to add to this podcast? No, I think that kind of covers the basics. Cool. Well, that was a pretty long one, but I knew it would be. That was our 2016 version of the authority site model. I hope you guys got inspired from that. And if you have any question, feel free to like tweet at us, go on Facebook and send us a message. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on authorityhacker.com slash podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on SoundCloud. You can subscribe on Stitcher. So go and check it out and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.